0: Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 15 of Charmed. Give me a sign. Okay, so you know how usually we have a thing on this show where anything good we uh, we assume is the work of Constance Burge, and anything bad we assume is the work of Brad Kern?
1: I am aware of that dynamic, yes.
0: I feel like this episode is a really good example of what a good Brad Kern episode looks like
1: interesting okay just to to put it out there before we start just to kind of set the stage Mm -hmm. we loved this episode
0: yeah unexpectedly
1: yeah i i I didn't really remember it going in but i was enjoying myself so much i was just like filled with joy and i i didn't astral project once but i want to say i feel like to just some to kind of be a little reductive about it Mm -hmm. we think of Constance M. Burge as writing a story that's about the sisters and Brad Kern as writing the cheesecake episodes that are about the girls going on dates and you know doing their their sexy cheesecake thing
0: yeah Constance M. Burge is the spirituality and sisterhood writer Brad Kern is the hey everyone let's get our breasts out writer
1: Yeah, showrunner. I mean, we've been saying writer, but showrunner. Hmm. But this episode is like the perfect combination. I mean, if we just look at the the eponymous give me a sign, they start out looking for a sign having to do with Piper's love life. And it turns out to actually be about sisterhood. And also there is a lot of uh, beefcake in this episode. I... This, just,
0: this is a heavily beefcakey episode.
1: This episode is like if Brad Kern and Constance M. had
0: worked together instead of against one another.
1: Yes, and I don't want to be blaming Constance M. since we do credit her with all of the things we like. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's like this, the show could have been this all the time.
0: Also, I really like the conceit of uh, Piper's, they, they give me a sign spell.
1: Yeah, this it's funny. I kept thinking about the very similar crazy ex-girlfriend episode where she asked for a sign if she should be dating Josh or Greg. Mm. Yeah. It's it's a very similar thing, especially cuz musical theater functions a lot like magic.
0: It's true. Which is why the last episode of WandaVision should have been, you know, a, a musical, musical episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But... <laughs> But we can't get into that. We did a whole podcast about that.
1: Yeah, we got into that. It has been gotten into. Now, we're talking about Constance Burge and Brad Kern, since they're the showrunners, but this particular episode was written by Cheryl J. Anderson, who... Mm.
0: Show standby.
1: Show standby. And directed by James A. Contner, who has directed previous episodes. Most relevant to this, I think, he also directed The Truth Is Out There, dot, 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 and It Hurts. Which is another episode about Prue's love life, which is what this episode is.
0: And it did have a sort of similar premise, the, the driving force of the episode being a spell that's cast to subtly reveal the true intentions of loved ones.
1: Yeah. So, very, very similar. Mm. Do you want to just jump into it?
0: Yeah, let's just jump into it. So we open in jail where a... Uh, Very, very muscular shirtless man is muscularly working out.
1: Yes, I wrote in my notes, why, hello, Bane.
0: It's weird to see Bane this sexy. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the uh, last episode he was in very much.
1: Ms. Hellfire.
0: Ms. Hellfire, where he was the assassination middle manager who who put Barbus in contact with Ms. Hellfire to contract her to kill the Charmed Ones.
1: That is what happened. Now, to be fair, he and Prue did strike up a relationship in that episode, although it was under false pretenses because he believed Prue to be the assassin that he had hired to kill Prue.
0: Also, yes. Also, uh, where was this physique in that episode? That episode he dressed like a sitcom dad, which was weird... Just, you know, for a assassination middle manager.
1: I I do not have answers for you, but you know what? I'm not mad. I am not mad about it.
0: Yes, because his physique is here now.
1: Yes. Also, you know, you, Max, know that I've been listening to Zach to the Future, a podcast where Mark Paul Gossler reviews old episodes of Saved by the Bell. Mm
0: -hmm. With that guy who did uh, Zach Morris's Trash on YouTube, which is super fun and you should check out if you get the chance. They're very short.
1: And now he writes on the reimagining of Saved by the Bell.
0: Honestly, the new Saved by the Bell is so good. It is way better than it has any right to be.
1: Tangent, Mm -hmm. but... People who follow us on Twitter might be aware that we recently did a weird rewatch of Frasier where we just rewatched the Joe Keenan episodes. Mm -hmm. And we realized that watching TV shows just following a specific writer is a really fun, interesting way to do it. And I was thinking that the next writer we follow that way should be Tracy Wigfield, who created... The reimagining of Saved by the Bell. And also, criminally underlooked Great News. Oh,
0: Great News is an amazing show. It, it's still on Netflix, I believe.
1: Yes, I think it is, yeah.
0: So, also worth checking out. It's, it's again, sadly short, but it's so good. And it, it's got a lot of the 30 Rock energy with, uh, without a lot of the...
1: It has fewer of the problematic Tina Fey aspects. Hmm. Because Tina Fey, while she did executive produce it and get it made it is tracy wigfield's show
0: yes so it has a lot of tina Fey energy without the drawbacks to having a tina Fey project yes
1: and uh, tracy wigfield she was a writer on 30 rock mm. and then you know got her own show yeah also on the mindy project why am i telling why am i telling our listeners the resume of a person completely unattached to this show oh right Mark Pogosler revealed that the trick that he and A.C. Slater mm-hmm. used when they were going to be sleeveless on screen was to hold their arms at a 90 degree angle so that their biceps would bulge and their arms would look more muscular. And I couldn't help but notice that that's what Bane is doing in this scene.
0: That makes sense. So he is getting removed from prison.
1: Yes, he's being taken out for his hearing, which he is like, wait, I didn't think that was today.
0: And it turns out that the guards that were taking him out of the prison were actually just taking him out, period. They're actually demons. Which, one of them has a real demon face. I, I, yeah, right? Like, he, as a human guy, there's not like makeup or anything. He just has a naturally sort of demonic thing going on. And I was like, looks really really familiar and i will get to that at the end of the episode
1: well in addition to the things he's done he also kind of looks like evil adam baldwin
0: i can see that yeah yeah so the two guys who are trying to kill him are demons they have these little silver wand things that shoot disintegration beams and he immediately just ducks one and one of them hits the other one with it
1: yeah okay so this guy who is being taken out of a prison in handcuffs by two demons, manages to take one of them out by ducking and having that demon kill the other demon, and then steal a prison van, while still handcuffed, and escape.
0: If I was the surviving demon, I don't think I would put this on my resume.
1: Definitely not. Definitely
0: not. Super embarrassing.
1: Okay, so the wand that they're, like, firing... I, I kept trying to figure out what it looks like to me, because it's a weird-looking thing.
0: It looks kind of like a like, retro-futuristic antenna.
1: It looks to me like the hilt of a knife that the blade has been removed from.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can see that. So, yeah, this was not a good showing from these demons. Apparently, Bane has a price on his head because of not just what went down with Barbas, but apparently he's got a whole long history with demons and now it's time to pay the piper.
1: yeah and he seemed <laughs> to know uh, he seemed to know which demon was gonna be after him he asked them he's like oh did litfax send you so i i guess he, he knew who was angriest at him
0: i would think it would be barbus i mean i know barbus died at the end of ms hellfire but he died at the end of the first episode he showed up in so
1: And he will be back.
0: Yeah, he's like the show's longest reoccurring character who's not a member of the main cast at any point.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: He's the most powerful force of good in the alternate reality universe where moralities are switched.
1: Oh, God.
0: He's the demon of hope.
1: Oh, my God. Instead of fear. Oh.
0: Honestly, I kind of can't wait to get into the sillier seasons of Charmed. I know this is like i know i'm not going to enjoy them once we get there probably i don't know i can't imagine they've aged great but that also might be a positive it might make them more fun
1: i mean in this particular episode that we're watching even the lines that were bad were amazing to watch because they were just delivered with such camp
0: yeah if you can get away with weak scripts if you sort of play into them
1: we are the authorities on this, having done a podcast where we reviewed all seven seasons of Once Upon a Time.
0: Oof! Not even the. I, I was gonna avoid saying the phrase "godlike," but if if you if you've listened to all of or even any of our Once Upon a Time podcast, the godlike Lana Paria could not save that last season. Oh! Although that last episode was pretty good. That's
1: what they did to us. It was like week season, week season, week season, amazing finale to suck you back in. That was their, that was their MO. Anyway, back to Charmed.
0: So, at the manor...
1: Piper and Phoebe have just come in from a workout, and Piper is in like mid-rant about how she doesn't know how she's gonna choose between Dan and Leo.
0: She's dating Dan currently, I mean. But she's in love with Leo. Yeah, that's true. There's really no good reason to keep dating Dan.
1: And is, this is one of the things that kind of bugged me. I mean, not too much. And this episode kind of implies that it's going to be resolved quickly. But the reason you couldn't date Leo has been removed. He's human now. He he cut his wings. And hear her... Problem is, oh, but what if he becomes a white lighter later again? I don't know. What if Dan gets hit by a bus? Like, you (laughs) love Leo. The impediment is gone. Date Leo. It's not that hard.
0: And spoiler alert for after he becomes a white lighter again. It doesn't super change things. I mean, you're angry at him a lot, but you're kind of angry at him a lot now, so.
1: Yeah. So... Phoebe tells Piper that she has been talking. She has been doing this monologue without stopping for 28 minutes. And here's the thing
0: For someone who doesn't like rom coms, you sure have been talking about them for the past three hours.
1: No, not that quote from Isn't It Romantic? Criminally overlooked movie, by the way. Mm. No. They supposedly just came in from a run. She was not doing a vigorous enough cardio workout if she was able to be ranting about Leo and Dan while they were running. I just have to throw that out there. Mm.
0: Mm. So (sighs) Phoebe has no empathy for Piper's problem, which to be fair, it's it's a bad problem. Piper obviously likes Leo better.
1: Also, like, to quote from friends, Oh no, my hundred dollar bills don't fit in my wallet and my diamond shoes are too tight.
0: Yeah, it's, oh no, two gorgeous but kind of bland personality-wise dudes are in love with you.
1: I will say that I identified here the problem being that Piper just wants to vent and Phoebe wants to solve the problem. Mm. And she wants to solve the problem, with magic
0: which is a bad idea because of of course personal, personal gain, gain. Um, okay Although, okay.
1: even even that even the thing about personal gain that we get annoyed by which is to say the fact that This show doesn't have consistent rules about it.
0: And also, it's a story-limiting concept introduced in the first place, so.
1: At least I appreciate that in this episode, Phoebe's like, you know what? I'm just gonna rules lawyer this stupid rule. I'm gonna carefully word the spell, and we're gonna figure out a way around it, which, to be honest, is exactly how magic should work.
0: Yeah, and a lot of later seasons, when they do choose to acknowledge it, because they do ignore it a lot, but... A lot of later seasons is just kind of weaseling around personal gain, which, good.
1: I mean, if we're talking about folkloric magic, you should be able to get around it by wording things carefully, which is what Phoebe says she's going to do with the spell. Word it carefully. Mm. Although, spoiler alert, maybe not carefully enough. Or, I don't know, maybe you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you get what you need.
0: Maybe the spell didn't work because Piper very clearly knows which one of them that (laughs) she knows who she's going to end up with. So the spell's like, okay, look, I'm just going to repurpose myself to be about something more useful.
1: Or maybe the spell didn't work because as we're going to see, it's worded to bring Piper to the person she loves and she loves neither Leo nor Dan. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, they move to the living room where Prue is going through, like, thousands of dollars of new camera equipment that she bought.
0: Mm, Because when you're unemployed, the best thing to do is immediately blow all of your money.
1: Well, she bought all of this because she's decided that her next career is going to be being a professional photographer, and Piper and Phoebe are understandably nervous since Prue is the only sister who has a decent job.
0: Well, apparently P3's already in the black...
1: I don't even know how that's possible.
0: One word that sounds like two words. Dishwalla.
1: Of course! Dishwalla! Famous band Dishwalla. Okay, uh Phoebe asks Prue how many female photographers she can think of. Annie Getty. Annie Leibowitz. But this is the point! Yeah. Why female? What How many
0: famous photographers can you name, period? I, I just, I, I, I think also Ansel Adams? Ch- Chuck Close, right? Chuck Close did photography. Yeah. Like, I mean.
1: But, but also, I, why female, Phoebe? Why female? Also, Prue doesn't need to become famous. Like, you know who's not famous? The person who works at the Sears Portrait Studio.
0: Yeah, she needs a job. And, Paparazzi make lots of money. It's gross money, but they make it and Prue's telekinesis and astral projection would both be really handy. Oh, interesting.
1: But I, I don't know. that's, that, that's that would be, Yeah.
0: Oh, I was going to say personal gain.
1: Oh, <laughs> I just meant like morally speaking.
0: Eh, they kill people. I mean, they're warlocks, so eh, but you know.
1: Piper brings up that the whole reason that.
0: And Proust stole all of Ms. Hellfire's stuff after she died.
1: Yes, she did.
0: She did it to save her job at the auction house. She murdered a woman, in self-defense granted, and then stole all of her possessions.
1: Yes, but Ms. Hellfire was an assassin, so all of those possessions were either stolen or bought with blood money. So it's okay to then take them.
0: Honestly, they should just, uh, Bruce should just start a business selling the stuff of the demons they kill.
1: They should open a magic shop. Like in Buffy.
0: Or in one of the, like, 10,000 plots from New Charmed that got dropped.
1: Actually, I mean, one of the things we, we talk about is how much we would have liked it if this show had talked about the wider magical community in San Francisco that wasn't just the charmed ones. And them opening a magic shop would have been cool to bring that in. But no, that's not what happens.
0: Honestly, speaking of Barbas, which we were briefly earlier, I feel like... All of the secondary witches that get introduced in his episodes would have been cool supporting characters, except for the fact that they all died.
1: Yeah, I just, I want the world to be more populated than it is. Maybe one of the reasons I like this episode so much is because a character came back from an old episode.
0: Yeah. God, I would have loved, I know, this is the one we always go back to, Aviva having, you know, oh. stayed in the show. Or, hell, Max, the psycho kid whose mom was a witch who Prue kind of soft implied that she was going to mentor and then he never showed up again.
1: Of course. Uh, so, Piper says that the whole reason that Prue took a job at a museum and then the auction house in the first place was because they needed money, but apparently she went to college for photography and this is always what she wanted to be doing.
0: Huh? Like, I know there's lots of people who get jobs that aren't related to their degrees, but I feel like in order to get the jobs she had, she would have had to get, like, a degree that was really, really specific, right?
1: Well, she probably had a double major in art and art history.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can see that.
1: So she does the classic photographer selfie where you stand in front of a mirror and hold up the camera and take the selfie. And then she says... and. I love this line, even though it's terrible.
0: She gazes into the mirror and shakes her hair out of her eyes and says,
1: Portrait of a Dreamer. By the way, dreams and dreamer, that's going to be a reoccurring motif throughout this episode. So mark that as the first time, right? Prue has given up on her dreams previously, but now, now she is re-pursuing her dream.
0: Mm, mm,
1: mm. And she's re-pursuing her dream Having been inspired by what Phoebe told her about her past life, so I feel like this is almost like a dream within a dream kind of thing. Dreamception.
0: This also is running off of the Tangled rule that if you have a dream, you are a good person.
1: Yes. Wait, I don't think Tangled says that you're a good person if you have a dream. I think Tangled says everyone has a dream. Max, you were my dream. (laughs)
0: so do you think that that bar that they went into it was a uh piano man situation where the main characters don't realize it's a gay bar
1: isn't it called like the cute duckling or something
0: yeah i think so yeah, yeah
1: i do and also that's the situation with the forbidden forest in gallivant
0: yeah huh hmm. interesting Have you heard the thing about Billy Yes,
1: yes, yes. The Tumblr post that keeps going around, which I totally buy that Piano Man makes more sense if you assume that the narrator is a straight guy who's performing in a gay bar and does not know that it is a gay bar.
0: Has never taken a wife. (laughs) Yes. That's all we can say before Billy Joel sues us. Oh. You know, he was the dog in Oliver and Company.
1: I do know that. I am aware of that fact, yes.
0: I think his song is the only thing anyone remembers from that movie.
1: I don't even really remember the song, just that he did it.
0: Yeah, it was like, in all of the commercials, they're like, Oliver and Company, a movie with a new song by Billy Joel!
1: You know what weird thing I learned today? What? What? All of the original songs in the Dick Tracy movie were written by Steven Sondheim. All of Breathless oh Mahoney's god. songs were written by Steven Sondheim.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, I, I watched the Patrick Willem video about Dick Tracy, and honestly, it made me want to revisit Dick Tracy.
0: Oof. I mean, I, I, I will take that journey with you, but oof. <laughs> Wasn't it like he was like in his 80s, but...
1: No, he wasn't Warren Beatty. He wasn't that old.
0: But he was way too old to be Dick Tracy.
1: He was probably too old to be Dick Tracy, yeah. Yeah. But he was dating Madonna. I mean, he wasn't too old for Madonna. Okay. I don't know. He's so vain. He thought that he could make this movie about him.
0: God, that was right before um, she had her political album that kind of sank her.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: This American Life, I think.
1: I don't remember what it was called.
0: It was... It was real bad. (laughs) Charmed.
1: So, Phoebe has locked herself in the bathroom to write a spell.
0: And Piper's like, you're not writing a spell in there, are you? And she's like, why would I be writing a spell in the bathroom? And I do love the little bit of practical magic here.
1: I was actually going to say, she's got some... Okay, so the trivia page for this episode on the charmed wiki Mm -hmm. says it's a dried rose but it kind of looks like a pussy willow to me
0: yeah i can see that
1: but whatever it is she she pulled some dried plant into the bathroom with her so that she could crush the plant as she spoke the spell
0: it's pretty witch-like right this will probably work right
1: (laughs) Uh, and while that is going on Bane shows up in the living room and chloroforms Prue.
0: How easy is it to get chloroform?
1: I thought you were going to say, how easy is it to get into the charmed manor? Like-
0: This is what wards are created for.
1: I'm sorry, this, uh, this romance spell, this give me a sign spell that you're casting for Piper isn't personal gain, but for some reason you can't put up a protection spell around your house?
0: There's never a point where demons can't just teleport into the house at any point in the show.
1: Also, like, let's remember, Bane is not a demon. Bane is just a human. You know what stops humans? Locks. Locks! I mean, (laughs) I guess he's like a master criminal or something, so he could have... Picked it or... Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just...
1: It it just, it seems like it was real easy.
0: Hey, Prue, does this cloth smell like chloroform? (laughs)
1: Speaking of, we come back from credits, and Phoebe and Piper have found that Prue is gone, and Phoebe's trying to get a vision off of Prue's stuff to figure out what happened, and so she's going back and forth between the camera and the chloroform rag. She's, like, trying to get a vision off of the chloroform rag. But, uh, nope. Nope. She she has no visions. No visions are coming to her. But... Well, hold on. I'm going to hold that thought for like five minutes from now.
0: This was another long one uh, opening thing-wise.
1: Yeah, another long tracking shot of San Francisco. But there was this song playing over the tracking shot of San Francisco Mm -hmm. that just sounded so 2000s college radio. And I didn't hate it. I was kind of like vibing while we were listening to it.
0: Mm. I wish it was easier to find out what songs were on Charmed.
1: I actually went to the wiki to try to find it, and it didn't list it, because sometimes it lists the songs. Yeah. I guess I could have, like, turned on Shazam? Eh.
0: Eh.
1: Daryl's at the door.
0: Yes, Daryl's at the door, and they're like, Oh, good, you came. Prue's been kidnapped. And he's like, that's uh, not why I came. And they're Yeah, like, yeah. Surely the reason you came is completely unrelated to prue being missing right
1: he's like yeah it's definitely unrelated bane jessup escaped from jail and they're like oh that criminal that prue totally wanted to bone i mean nothing daryl nothing and i love this because daryl picks up the rag that phoebe was messing with and he smells it and he's like oh it's chloroform Because being able to smell the chloroform is so much more helpful than Phoebe's visions at this point.
0: So, despite these two things seeming like they line up pretty well, Piper's like, well, we don't know what's taken Prue.
1: It could have been anything. But, yeah. Yeah. Daryl also gives the girls the weapon, because...
0: The guy who got disintegrated also had one. And the other demon left it behind after accidentally blowing him up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he gives it to them to figure out what's going on. And Phoebe just looks at it and says, oh yeah, this is definitely demonic. This is absolutely a demonic weapon. Can we hang on to this? And he's like, well, yeah, because chain of custody is going to be a pretty moot point when we're talking about a demonic weapon. Poor Daryl. He just wants to be in a different show. Daryl just wants to be in like one of those... Police procedurals like Homicide, Life on the Street, but no, no, he's stuck and Charmed.
0: Oh, I was gonna say he wants to be in a. Uh, uh, what was it? Family Matters.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he just wants to be on a show where he's the. It's a sitcom where he's the dad character, and his job's cop, so you know that he's manly, but you don't really ever see him doing it.
1: That. Yeah, I'm sure he would. He would go for that too. So.
0: We know, we know he has a wife and kids.
1: He does. We we will even see them eventually. I don't think, we actually, do we see his kids ever?
0: I don't think so. We definitely see his wife at a couple of points. I feel like Daryl just, like, his whole thing is that he's a competent character. Like, Which is
1: why we can't see him very often.
0: Yeah, because that's not something Charm's interested in. He's someone who is good at his job and has, like, a healthy social life. And that has no place on charmed.
1: So... We talk on our other podcast, Welcome to the Uncharted Territories, about how Farscape is basically like a D&D group, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a DD and d game being played. That's not the case with Charmed, but Daryl is like that NPC that you have, and when your players are kind of spinning out and they can't figure out what it is that you're trying to get them to do, he's the NPC that shows up and is like, hey, Bane escaped from prison. Here's the weapon." Figure it out.
0: <laughs> I'm going to disappear until you need me again.
1: Yes. Oh, speaking of people who just show up to nudge you along, mm. a delivery man shows up and says, got a sign for Piper Hallowell. Like, got a sign is in you have to sign for this, but literally says the words, got a sign for Piper Hallowell. Oof. Yes. He has a package from... Leonardo's Boutique in Bottega Bay. Bottega Bo- Bay.
0: Where Dan's family is from.
1: Where Piper and Dan recently went on a... Uh,
0: romantic vacation. How many romantic vacations have they been on? Because they were leaving for a friend's wedding before, and like before that they were going to like the mountains or something.
1: Well, we will find out in this episode that it's driving distance from where they live so i mean they probably just went like for a romantic dinner or something or maybe overnight
0: if i was uh neighbor jenny's parents i think i probably would have left my uh kid with dan with dan's parents instead of with dan oh Eh. whatever we don't know what the family situation is
1: maybe they're older and they can't like take care of a kid
0: Also, as far as signs go, I know this isn't actually what it's going to be about, but it's not particularly useful to have something that's, you know, this could be Leo, but it could also be Dan. It's so vague.
1: That's how signs work, though. That's how magic is. So I'm okay with that. And speaking of visions not really being helpful, Phoebe then has a vision of Prue in, uh, as you said, while we were watching this episode... Prue in a Wattpad story. (laughs) She's being like tied up by
0: by Bane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like blindfolding her but it's because it's a vision it's all like slow and
0: in black and white.
1: Yeah. So we see the shot of where they are at Bane's house and I didn't notice this any of the times I watched it until now. But we actually, in the establishing shot, see that this half-constructed home is in a development called Mariner's Bluff. And that it is, in fact, Lot 827, which will come into play later.
0: Ah, Well written, charmed.
1: This is, we will learn, Bane's dream house that he was building. This was his dream house, because...
0: With his assassination temp agency money. Yes. Although most of... When they talk about his uh, crimes in this episode, they mostly talk about, like, embezzlement and other, like, financial stuff and not the fact that he, you know...
1: Apparently hired assassins to kill witches? And you know what? I... You mentioned that... We kind of sweep under the rug. It gets mentioned, but we kind of sweep under the rug the fact that he did try to kill these sisters. hmm But he successfully killed... What? 11... Wait, Ten. 20, 10.
0: No, no, 9, because...
1: Oh, right, because they saved the one. Yeah. yeah. He successfully killed 9 witches before he got to them.
0: Yeah. Yep there there are there are nine uh, there are nine dead people at this guy's hands so
1: yeah anyway when I was watching Sexy Bane tie up Prue in this like beach house I just thought and I just have to share this he is such a Mary Sue he is so the self insert character that you write if you are writing a charmed fan fiction because. He is a human, as the writer of this charmed fanfiction, this imaginary charmed fiction would presumably be, but he's such a powerful human that he can take out demons, and demons are afraid of him and have to assassinate him. And also he's, like, super sexy. And, spoiler alert, one of the charmed ones falls in love with him.
0: I mean, I think for it really to be a a fanfic, wouldn't he have to be half something, like, Oh, also I'm half vampire or uh, you know
1: I mean I guess you could do it that way I I feel like this is the kind of self insert where you want yourself to seem powerful so you don't make yourself something
0: Uh (laughs) so he tells Pru he's like look uh, I do like that he has her uh, blindfolded because I felt like they kind of were forgetting that she initially focused her power through her eyes.
1: Yes, she can use either her eyes or her hands to do her telekinetic power, so he ties up her hands and blindfolds her.
0: Which, smart.
1: But he wants her trust, so he takes the blindfold off and is like, hey, I actually just took you because I need your help. And she's like, this is not a good way to get my help.
0: Like come on and he's like demons are after me and she's like eh. not my problem bane he's like but have you seen my
1: smoldering good looks
0: wait let me let me undo a couple shirt buttons here
1: i mean I, he's he's an attractive man i just there's no getting around it he's a very attractive man
0: he starts telling prue about the uh, demon who's after him lit vac which sounds like
1: a vacuum cleaner?
0: Yeah, but I was going to say, like, a light-up vacuum cleaner. so you Lit can't...
1: vac. Yeah, yeah, for, like, vacuuming in the dark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or if you have, like, a really dingy house and you want to make sure your floor's actually getting clean.
1: Or if you're trying to, like, get into crawl spaces with your vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not a terrible idea.
1: Should we go on Shark Tank with this idea?
0: Uh, if we go on Shark Tank, uh, I'm going to be escorted out and it's not going to be aired because I will spend my entire time on screen yelling at Kevin. Uh, yeah, yeah. People are dead because of that man. Like, real-life people are dead because of that guy.
1: Well, I mean his wife. Hmm. So, since Prue's eyes are... Free?
0: Yes. To show trust, he removed the blindfold. So her eyes are now free.
1: And she uses her telekinesis to throw him into a wall. But then she, like... Stops.
0: Yeah, it feels like she could very easily get out of this situation, you know... After doing that, for example, she could astral project behind herself and untie herself.
1: Yeah, well.
0: Or she could just throw him again when he tried to get up. Or she could telekinetically untie herself.
1: Maybe she didn't. Maybe a part of her didn't want to leave because maybe a part of her really is worried about him and the demons that are chasing him and thinks that maybe she should help him.
0: They talk so much about Prue as being, like, the strong one, but really her power plays is honestly just kind of as defensive as Piper's.
1: Well, the thing about her power... Well, first of all, when working in conjunction with Piper's, it's awesome because Piper can freeze a magical attack and Prue can move it. So that's just awesome. Yeah. But also, and this is going to lead us right into the next scene telekinesis i have to assume is kind of expensive yeah so it can only be as powerful as the special effects budget can withstand and i bring this up because we cut to litvak in his crypt crypt home and a really good i was gonna say for charmed but really good period like fire spinny effect that he's doing
0: Yeah, I feel like this is sort of their default fireball going forward. I'm pretty sure Cole uses it later.
1: Yeah, it's the fireball that demons use.
0: Yeah. It's so cool looking. It looks like basically this twisted ball of metal that's on fire.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: It looks so awesome. Even today, and there's, there's a lot of special effects and charm that don't hold up, but this just looks so cool.
1: Well, what's funny about this episode, and I'm sure we'll mention it, is that there are some special effects in this episode like that that are amazing, and there are some that are terrible.
0: Yes. So, the fake cop comes in, he's like, hey, let back, mission went well, except for the other guy died, and also uh, Bane got away.
1: Whoops. So, apparently Litvak has uh, telepathic powers because he puts his hand on the head of the fake cop demon and, like, pulls out all of his memories of what happened. And is like, wow, you are a terrible demon.
0: Yeah, seriously, you, you screwed up so badly here.
1: And then you lost the weapon? I just... no!
0: For cripe's sake... Also, we find out that uh, Litvak was working with Barbas, like they were pals or something.
1: Sure, why not?
0: Which I guess gives him a reason to be going after Bane. But honestly, I do kind of like the idea of them just being, hey, look, we're a couple of upper level demons. We're just palling around in the underworld.
1: Yeah, just hanging out. They go to the same demon clubs.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've been evil for as long as they both have, apparently, like you have to imagine you would make some friends in the underworld. Yeah. I mean, even demons probably need social outlets.
1: I I would think, especially demons.
0: Mm.
1: Litvak says that he's going to track down Bane, and he says that the way to track down a mortal is to follow their dreams. Which, honestly, honestly, that makes me want to quote Mitch Hedberg. All right. I'm tired of following my dreams. I'm just going to ask them where they're going and meet up with them later.
0: <laughs> Oof. Oof. I'm sorry, just the follow your dreams thing. It's
1: Oh. <laughs> so, speaking of bad effects, mm-hmm. Litvak, like, obliviates the uh, fake cop. By which I mean he, like, bamfs him to oblivion and uh it's not a good effect
0: it's not great but yeah he's like ah you failed me for the last time and the goes like ah this seems like a waste of personnel although i guess he did kind of i feel like that was enough of a screw-up to justify being exploded
1: yeah i mean as you pointed out this isn't exactly the kind of thing you put on your demon resume mm.
0: so i guess the wasteland thing kind of answers this later because
1: oh what happens when you get obliviated Yes. What?
0: Obliterated.
1: Oh, the reason I'm saying obliviated is because later on in the episode when... Uh, I guess obliterated is the word. But later on in the episode when the other demon fails, he says to Litvak um i know what comes next oblivion so that's uh but yeah i guess obliterated
0: because it just made me think of the harry potter style. yeah that's
1: why i was that's why i was clarifying that i didn't mean he erased his memory i mean he bamfed Reploding him out him. of existence yes bamfed okay. him to the wasteland he sent him to super hell
0: yeah yeah okay so there's the underworld which is hell but when demons are killed they don't go to that hell they go to a special demon hell that's separate from regular hell except i guess some demons don't like um those demons that steal children's eyesight because they come back later because mm-hmm. i guess they just went to regular hell and thus could walk back out when they were done Well,
1: they weren't sent to he- they weren't sent to super hell or the wastelands they were banished out of the mortal realm and then they were able to come back
0: i thought bruce stabbed one of them with something
1: yeah, but it, it not a, not But that didn't send it to like super health. That just kept it out. Of, that just sent it away from Earth. Huh. Because remember, before the Charmed Ones came and were able to like, charmed ones away demons. Before they were able to power three away demons, most demons just had to be like
0: contained and stuff. But
1: yeah, or did, or blocked from coming back to Earth.
0: Did they? Did the Charmed Ones not vanquish those? eye stealing the sight stealing demons
1: i don't know i'd have to go back to the episode
0: eh it's not worth it (laughs) it's not worth it and you know the thing with charmed is just like every you're only as dead as the you know writing staff wants you to be they can bring back anyone at any time cole comes back from the wastelands yeah several seasons after his final vanquish i guess because the ratings weren't doing so hot no was revealed that he was, like, stuck between life and death and he had to do, like, uh, 30 good missions or something so he could get into the good afterlife. And then in the comics, it turns out he was working with Prue's ghost.
1: You know what? Cole is just... Cole is done so dirty. We'll talk about that later when we get to Cole. Oh! By the way, I mean, I'm gonna... I was gonna mention this when it happens, but... We talk about Cole a lot Mm. because he's such an interesting character. He's probably the most interesting character on Charmed. Oh, yeah. And this episode is the first time when the source is mentioned.
0: Yeah. Before, Rex and Hannah talked about having, like, a big boss. And there have been hints that there is a darker power. But this is the first time the source gets mentioned by name. Honestly, I really like the multiple-season build-up to the source.
1: And it pays off in a way that I would not expect a multiple-season build-up to pay off on Charmed. so...
0: You're talking the Cole thing?
1: Yeah, Cole. Yeah. I I, I meant Cole being the source is a good payoff. Mm. Yes. Okay, so...
0: The source is really... we, We should save it for when the source is more of a character. But the source is such a cool idea... And the show kind of fails to deliver on it after a certain point. He gets brought back in a later episode only to be taken out like a punk. Yeah. In like a season before the soft reboot season.
1: Yes. Poor Cole. But we'll talk about that in a few months when we get to those seasons. Mm. Right now, Leo is at the manor to basically just tell them what the the (laughs) weapon is. Because like, he
0: still has all that juicy white lighter knowledge in his brain.
1: Yes. And to make, like, moony eyes at Piper.
0: You know what really gets a girl in the mood? When her sister's been kidnapped.
1: <laughs> oh. Okay. Also, they do this thing. And this is another thing where in another episode, it might have made me astral project. But instead, it just made me, like, laugh at how campy and silly it was
0: what when leo hugs piper and presses her face directly in between his man breasts and is like Shh.
1: no no when he leaves the manor and then turns around and puts his hand on the door and like piper is on the other side of the door <laughs> reaching for him like this is pushing up daisies or something
0: <laughs> uh. like
1: you're not star-crossed lovers. She can be with him.
0: Very easily. I wasn't using man breasts derogatorily. I was you just, just
1: meant his pecs. Yes. So, back at Bane's house, Bane is telling Prue that he needs the charmed ones. He needs all three of them to, to vanquish Litvak and... He has her there so that her sisters will come looking for her because he knows they will. So Prue Astral projects to the manor and is like, hey, hey, don't come get me because it's a trap. Okay, bye.
0: Also, the sisters have found, uh, since Leo told them that the weapon was used by upper level demons, upper level demons give them to...
1: Lower level demons. Yeah,
0: to their minions, the lower level demons, to compensate for their lower levelness
1: by the way this is again another first for charmed this is the first time we talk about demons as being upper level or lower level well which we'll talk about a lot in later episodes
0: there is one exception to that oh but you might not remember it because the charmed ones have faced one non barbus upper level demon before hakate
1: oh god
0: yeah, she gets referred to as an upper-level demon in that episode. Got it. But it's kind of divorced from what upper-level demons are in the rest of the show.
1: Yeah, apparently things are much more regimented in hell because they actually refer to these demons as not just being lower-level, but level-two demons. Like, God. <laughs> they're level. So.
0: Watch out, they're level-two demons. They're immune to poison attacks, but they're extra weak to healing magic yeah god
1: you're describing zombies by the way
0: yes yes i am
1: so well piper and phoebe are looking through the book of shadows before prue astral projects in the book of shadows does the thing where it flips open to a page and it opens to the mariners which is apparently a type of sea fairy. Mm-hmm. and
0: the team that dan used to play for when it... he was a baseball man
1: And also the team that Dan used to play on when he was a baseball man. And Piper is, like, so irritated with Phoebe that they're trying to save their sister, but instead they have to deal with this stupid spell she cast.
0: Also, there's a lot of coincidental uh, overlap between Piper's romantic situation and what's going on with Prue.
1: Well, I really like that. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to the part where we find out what the signs are really pointing to. Mm Mm-hmm. But I like that because that's the way magical prophecy should work. It should be able to be read in multiple ways like that.
0: Lemon, this conversation is going to have to work for uh, both.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) So, meanwhile, Bane and Prue are having more sexy kidnap time.
1: Uh, yeah. And Bane is like, look, if you're not going to lure your sisters here, I don't want your help if you're not you know gonna want to help me because i am actually a good guy i have to prove that i'm a good guy so it's not creepy when we have sex later Mm, spoiler alert (laughs) so he lets he unties prue and he's like i'm gonna let you go i i'll fight the demons myself go live your life do your thing
0: and this is the part in beauty and the beast where uh
1: the wolves attack
0: where the wolves attack the uh non okay so the upper level demon had three demons working for him, two dressed as cops and one not. And the one not is the only one who's still left. Mm-hmm. He bursts into the room firing lightning bolts all willy nilly. Well, he, let... it's
1: it's that little weapon thing. It, it's, his, it's his little weapon thing.
0: And one blasts Bane's shirt right off.
1: Okay, so this house I mentioned is under construction. He blasts at them prue uses her telekinesis to push the blast away so just want to say they would have been fine but bane jumps in front of her all manly anyway and falls and lands on a jigsaw that was just laying around the construction site and then prue's all like oh you saved me you saved you prue you were gonna be fine
0: he just jumped on a jagged thing for no reason
1: also how terrible is this demon's timing if he had waited like 10 minutes prue would have been gone and he would have shown up killed bane and had done his job episode over i just i i almost feel bad for how bad that demon's timing was i it almost makes me have some sympathy for him even though he's trying to kill this sexy sexy guy
0: So, the sexy, sexy guy who murdered, like, nine people. Yeah. Eh, Well, orchestrated the murders of, like, nine people.
1: If the show isn't going to be bothered to remember that, I don't know why I should.
0: So, the demon runs scampering off into the wilderness, and, uh... Bane's like, Oh! Oh, I'm so injured right here in my sexy, naked torso. And Bruce's like, Oh. Who we, we launch into that, uh, you know, new and a bit alarming.
1: <laughs> oh, so back at the manor, Bane's escape has apparently made the news. And I just want to just want to flag that on the news, they put up a picture of Bane that I think is supposed to be his mugshot. It's
0: very artsy. Well,
1: it looks like his headshot. In fact, I I suspect that that actually is Antonio Sabato Jr.'s headshot that they're putting up on the screen.
0: And they just put a little numbered thing, like, at the bottom of it. They just edited that in there.
1: I do. I do think that's what's going on right now.
0: You know how hard it used to be to take pictures? I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) It's true. Everybody didn't have a camera on their phone. That's why. That's why Prue could get a job as a professional photographer.
0: Ooh. So, Daryl daryl is so sick of this situation
1: he really really is
0: because he's like okay so this is like this is a kidnapping but there are demons involved so there's nothing really i can do and they're like yes prue used some sort of magical means to tell us she's fine i was like if you're telling him that she used magic, you could just say astral projected, right?
1: Well, the reason they don't say astral projection is because they don't want to get into having to explain what astral projection is, even though he would probably get it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a super complicated concept.
1: He did bring over his file on Bane so that they have all of the information on Bane. They have a little book of Bane, Bane to go with their book of shadows. Mm. And then the phone rings. <sighs> And it's a wrong number.
0: I love how they're in the sunroom for this.
1: It's the, the...
0: Solarium, is that what it's called?
1: Oh, I always I called it a Florida room.
0: Mm.
1: Which is what we called it growing up in Florida. But yeah, you're right. It's probably a solarium or a...
0: It's a, it's a very nice room. All the furniture's like wicker.
1: Yeah, because it's a, it's a glassed-in porch. So it's like indoor-outdoor furniture. But the phone call was a wrong number. It was... Leo... Nora Watkins. Oof. Yeah. Yeah.
0: God, remember when you had to pick up the phone every time it rang? I know. Nightmare. You,
1: you know didn't what's... know who
0: was on the other end. It was.
1: You know what's funny? I didn't think I had something for time freeze when I first did my notes for this episode, but we've been saying, hey, remember when you had to a lot. So I actually think I might, by the time we're done talking, have a few mm. time freezes. Alright, so back in the sex plot God. Prue is Sexily dressing Bane's wounds like you do And she's all like Oh, let me sexily Dress your ab wound And you better take off your Pants so that I can Dress your Pants wound
0: God <laughs> Come here, come here I want to Janet from the Rocky Horror Picture Show you
1: Oh, it's not gonna work. What? he's got he's got more rip than you've got slip.
0: <laughs> God, I forgot you were in the shadow cast for a second there. Even though it came up earlier today.
1: Yes, I used to be in the shadow cast for Rocky Horror Picture Show, for th- with the troop absent friends. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I do miss going to Rocky. I-, I had a friend who was in the shadow troop back in Boston. Have you? I was gonna ask our audience, have you ever seen Rocky? But I, 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 I forget that y'all can't talk back to me here.
1: Were you gonna? You mean ask them if they've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show?
0: Yeah, or well, if they've seen it properly, because I saw it on like DVD. But Wait,
1: that, are you telling me you've never seen it in the theater?
0: No, my friend was in the Shadowcast. I, I, I saw it all the time. But when I first saw it, I saw it on DVD. Gotcha. Which is the wrong way to experience Rocky Horror.
1: Yes. Although that's all—that's the way I saw it at first too. I—I didn't see it in a theater the first time.
0: I guess I really can't say, but I feel like the first time you see it, it should be—you should have the whole experience. Although post-COVID, I don't know how. Uh...
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. <laughs>
0: I think you might want to get into it a little bit.
1: Well, I wrote a post about it on Tumblr back in the day. Maybe I'll try to find that post and then the post can get into it. Yes. Anyway, yeah. he's He's got more injury than she's got injury.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: So, uh, yeah, yeah. Sexy times with Sexy Times in Bane's Dreamhouse.
0: Oh, God, it is Bane's Dreamhouse.
1: Yeah it's his they explicitly say that it's his dream house
0: dreams
1: so back at the manor they're still trying to figure out what
0: where prue is
1: where yeah where prue is where bane is
0: even though she expressly told them not to come rescue her
1: yeah they're gonna do it anyway they find out that he's involved in all of these different crimes, and Phoebe says, I'll give him this. He works hard, and I wrote him my nazi yeah, does."
0: So then Phoebe's like, wait a second. What if all of our sign stuff hasn't been about, you know, Leo and Dan at all? And Piper's like, what? But it's all really obviously about Leo and Dan.
1: But it turns out that this... Property development that he was involved in is called Mariner's Bluff. And Phoebe looks up where it is. It's in Bodega Bay. What? What? Yeah. Honestly, this is like the perfect use of magical misdirection. To have Phoebe cast a spell to lead Piper to her love and then have that be Prue. This is just like... This is... You know, you said that there was a lot of Brad Kern fingerprints here. This is... What I imagine Constance and Burge to be at her best. Like, mm. making magic work like this.
0: So, Phoebe accidentally sits on the remote, and it immediately turns on a sports station where they're talking about the uh, Angels having beaten the Mariners. Eight to seven.
1: Eight to seven.
0: And Piper's like, look, that was clearly a sign, and that was clearly about, you know, Leo and Dan, and Phoebe's like... It's like, it's, it's 827, that's the number on the development, where his dream house is, where he's keeping Pearl in. On
1: Watkins Road. Mm. Although I will point out that the signs all do work two ways, because the Mariners lost to the Angels.
0: Yep. Yes, they did. And it was not as close as that score would let you believe.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So back at the dream house, Bane and Prue are talking about their dreams and how, like, they all have dreams. Prue has a dream and Bane used to have a dream, but now Prue is his dream.
0: God, it is all, all, we shifted right from Beauty and the Beast to Tangled there.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did.
0: So she's going to Flynn ride him. Oh, well, I mean,
1: like, seriously, I'm just, he's got the smolder, like, oof. Anyway, Pruz all like, maybe dreams are just dreams, and, okay, I know I'm kind of saying it, like, mockingly, but the whole maybe dreams are just dreams thing here, I was like, that's why this episode is so perfect, because it was like, what if we just gave this perfect moment over and, like, encapsulated it in the idea that it can't last. Mm -hmm. And then we just, like, we had it, and then it's gone. And so we don't have all the weird stuff where after the relationship's over, you, like, and you send your boyfriend to super hell, and then you have to go down to super hell, and you, like, go through all the guilt, and then, like, you have to have sex with a Cupid. No, we just have this one dream this like perfect dream and then tomorrow you'll wake up
0: tomorrow you'll be back in jail and then a year later you'll get killed by wind demon exactly or your boyfriend will be in jail and then a year later you'll be killed by wind demon yes spoilers i feel like we mentioned it enough
1: yeah it's yeah
0: shacks yeah
1: anyway Litvak realizes where bane is because he has some sort of connection to dreams and it's his dream
0: home so he's all like well he knew that's why he sent his minion there and then he reads his minion's mind to figure out where bane's gonna go next because i guess the minion was close enough to catch bane brain waves or something sure and i do love how the minion's like so are you gonna kill me now and the guy's like i have one minion left and i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna carry all this stuff by myself come on <laughs>
1: But also, you're right, he also gets from his minion's head the the fact that Prue was there and he's like, ooh, a super powerful witch. The source loves it when I feed him witches. (laughs) I I know, I know, it's so
0: dirty. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of him like, um, you remember that joke from The Simpsons about uh, Colonel Sanders sitting at God's right side throwing popcorn chicken into his mouth?
1: No, I don't! what
0: it's from that episode where homer uh sues the church okay do you you remember that one
1: i don't is that a later simpson season it's
0: later ish it's like 14 okay it's it's the one where uh homer decides to start praying for everything and his prayers keep coming true and uh there there's a bunch of problems with the house so he prays for a new one and then he gets injured on church property and sues the church
1: i have no memory of that episode You should watch it
0: it's solid it is a solid season 14-ish episode
1: okay so uh back in the back at the dream house there's got to be a morning after (sighs) the camera tastefully pans across all of the discarded clothing to a uh shirtless bane lying on a painting tarp
0: someone has done all of his exercises dude is ripped
1: he is very ripped and he uh he wraps the painting tarp around himself so i guess he is very naked right now
0: mm-hmm. he's like hey prue you want to have more sex before i go to uh
1: Back to prison. Yeah. So Prue is actually standing staring out the window and she says, I was just admiring the view and he says, The view's pretty great from here too. Aw,
0: that's good. Yeah.
1: So smooth.
0: And she's like, Oh Bane, what kind of future can we have? And he's like, Whatever time we've got's the time we need, baby. Right.
1: It's just it's just a moment in time. It's just it's just a dream and now it's the morning after
0: she's like if only i could freeze time he's like you mean like your sister who i tried to have killed
1: (laughs) okay wait wait so they kiss and as they're kissing he freezes because piper and phoebe show up and i i love this scene so much because you know they're showing up to rescue prue and instead they walk in on her kissing a naked man
0: so prue how's the kidnapping going
1: yeah yeah she's like i told you guys not to come because it was a trap and they're like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh she's like
0: naked trap
1: yeah she's like i was kidnapped and piper's like um your underwear is on the other side of the room (laughs) oh man god i just i i love this scene so much
0: But she's like, look, we have to take, we have to take Bane with us. And they're like, really? And she's like, yeah, demons are trying to kill him and we protect people from demons. And Piper's like, innocent people? And she's like.
1: "Eh." Innocent just means they're not a warlock. I mean, he's innocent. He's
0: innocent enough. I I know I referenced this before, but there's there was a storyline in the outsiders where they were trying to or ra- uh, these supervillains were trying to raise a demon mm-hmm. and they capture a bus full of people and burn them alive and one of the supervillains is like well how did we know everyone on the bus was innocent and one of the other supervillains is like hell has really low standards for this sort of thing like uh,
1: there was a there was a plot i think it was it was in a webcomic that I read, like, back in college, so quite, quite some time ago. Um, But the plot involved a, a newly born vampire who had to kill an innocent, and she just, she couldn't bring herself to do it. And then her, like, vampire mentor told her that innocent was just code for, it was just, it was just slang for not a vampire. And she was like, oh, so she went and she, like, ate some douchey frat bros.
0: I'm pretty sure that we had the same exact conversation when we were talking about the hell season and Once Upon a Time.
1: But that was a totally different podcast.
0: So take a shot if you're playing that game where you take a shot every time we repeat stories. A game that would get you pretty drunk, I think.
1: It was a different podcast. It doesn't count.
0: Mm. Cool. All of our old stories are back in play.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, are they? We've been doing this, this show for like a season and a half, a season and two thirds.
0: Probably burned through a lot of them by now.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the sisters are going to bring Bane back to the manor, which they do, but the conversation continues to be, can Bane be trusted? Eh. Well. I,
0: I mean, he hasn't found all of his shirt buttons, so. Nope.
1: <laughs> I do, like, Bane goes off to the bathroom, and while he is in the bathroom, he has,
0: uh, A telepathic conversation with what's-his-bucket?
1: With Litvak, yeah, who's like, hey, um... If you give me the witches and the weapon then I will stop trying to kill you and we can be even and we the audience are not knowing if we should trust Bane or not. I like that.
0: Yeah, cuz you know, he all we know about him is that he has dreams and had sex with Prue.
1: Yeah. You could have you can have both of those things and uh, still be evil.
0: Hmm. Actually, I I mean I feel like Prue sort of has the, uh, least experience with evil boyfriends out of any of the Charmed Ones, any of the four Charmed Ones. But that's probably just because she's only had, like, what, three love interests? Four?
1: Well, I mean, she had the fiancé who lied to her and said that he had slept with Phoebe, which, why would you even do that
0: Okay, I was talking about, like, evil murderers, not douchebags, because she's got a pretty strong douchebag record.
1: Yeah, but she did jack!
0: Yes, and honestly, not all the time, but occasionally Andy. I... Andy was fine most of the time.
1: Yeah, Andy was a good guy most of the time. Except when the show was making him be a douchebag to keep him and Pru apart.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really more in the show than on the character.
1: Exactly my point.
0: So they decide to, uh, they're going to go after the demon to take him out. So, you know, get him before he gets them.
1: Yeah, they're going to take the fight to Litvak. And apparently there's nothing in the Book of Shadows explaining how to vanquish him.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Before, when they were looking at the page of upper level demons, they just decided that litvac was the one that they were you know going to fight apropos of basically nothing but they were right and it just had a little i, I love all of the like headshots of the different upper level demons and litvac has like a paragraph there
1: i like that you know we know that they're adding to the book of shadows and <laughs> later on phoebe's gonna add her uh well we'll get to we'll get to what she adds but I'm just saying those aren't the worst illustrations that are going to end up in the Book of Shadows.
0: Man, it must have been really hard to get that information for, you know, whatever witch got it. Because upper-level demons are, like, a... With the exception in this episode, I feel like upper-level demons are generally power of three vanquishes, so...
1: Yeah, it is a question how a lot of this stuff gets filled in in the book of shadows that's a good point
0: honestly i mean i know it misses the whole point of charmed but i would really like to see a show about all of the stuff that leads up to charmed you know all of the witches who had one of the warren powers or you know a couple of the warren powers who you know are trying to just basically stop demons from taking over until these girls are born
1: well, you know, since the new Charmed kept changing what kind of show it wanted to be because it couldn't figure it out, or I guess present tense can't figure it out because it's still on the air, maybe they should have just been an anthology show about other witches in the Warren line.
0: I mean, it basically ended up being an anthology show, right? Like, the first season was pretty consistent, I guess. They were in, like, a college town. hmm. And then, like, and then they had, like, a secret witch base like in the second season they faked their deaths and then they went to like an alternate dimension or something and there was like a secret witch base or something and it was based out of this like millennial workspace or something
1: like we work honestly honestly I feel like if you are doing a Hallowell Manor drinking game, and and don't, don't do that. But uh, if you are, I feel like you should also take a shot every time we bag on New Charmed.
0: Which isn't fair. We didn't give it a chance. We're getting a lot of this information from secondhand sources. Maybe it's better than that? It's one of those things where I feel like I can't get a good read on it because a lot of the people whose opinions are posted online, seem very biased against it or for it, one way or the other.
1: Look, we watched the first couple of episodes, and I had nothing against the first couple of episodes, but then I just literally never felt the desire to turn it on and keep watching it.
0: Well, it didn't really have the campy funness of original Charmed. It sort of felt like a paint by numbers CW... I was going to say Supernatural show, but Supernatural was one of those shows.
1: Well, it didn't have the campy fun of like another cw show riverdale right where i wanted to keep watching just because it was so balls to the walls wild
0: apparently we need to watch nancy drew from what i've been hearing. oh yeah
1: and i've been meaning to pick that up too for the same reason honestly uh i just i just need them to come to netflix first because the cw app is so bad it's like the worst app ever When the finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend aired, I was like, I'm very sad that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is over, but at least I never have to deal with this trash CW app again.
0: Yes. (sighs) But we do need to watch the new Nancy Drew of Her Nothing But Good Things. Oh, I'm totally
1: into that. I love Nancy Drew.
0: And apparently it's super off the wall, which, you know.
1: I love off the wall.
0: People were surprised that Riverdale is as out there as it is. And I'm like, that's not really out of character for Archie.
1: I mean, are they unfamiliar with, like, Archie meets the Punisher? I, I, An actual comic that really
0: exists? I was going to say, like, there is, like, reoccurring supernatural elements in the Archie universe. In the main books, not in, like, you know, the Pure Heart stuff or Archie 3000 or whatever. Okay, it's, or Or Sabrina, even. Even discounting Sabrina. There's Jingles the Christmas elf is a reoccurring character.
1: It's weird, but... Archie comics are kind of hitting it out of the park the last, like, ten years or so. and
0: I have been meaning to read that uh, Jughead Werewolf book.
1: The Hunger, right? How perfect is that? Yeah. Honestly, I think starting with Life with Archie is when they really started just, like, consistently nailing it. That was the one where there were two alternate realities, one where Archie married Betty and one where he married Veronica. And... uh,
0: they got serious. I
1: said life with Archie. I'm Archie the married life. Hmm. And it was so well done. And okay, there is a episode of Big Bang Theory where they go to the comic book store and the like jock guy that goes with them Buys some Archie comics and they're kind of mocking him for buying Archie comics and he's like, "No, it's like really deep and cool now." And he's right, but it's played off like that's supposed to be a joke. And I'm just like, fuck you, Big Bang Theory.
0: Archie's honestly,
1: awesome.
0: I was honestly surprised you were familiar with a joke from Big Bang Theory. But yeah, no, Archie. Archie's really been... Well, Big Bang... We can't get into a thing about Big Bang Theory and about how it's like about nerds, but it's not really about nerds because nerd culture exists differently. And there's a whole sort of sub-layer of that where... People talk about how, you know, when you see nerds on TV, they're mostly signified through visual code and through, like, nasally voices and stuff and not the actual thing you would recognize nerds for, like, using deep cut references and casual conversation.
1: Well, I mean, if you, if you want to get into it, there's a video essay on... Uh, that you can look up on YouTube that's really good called, uh, the adorkable misogyny of Big Bang Theory. Mm. And, uh, the reason I know Big Bang Theory jokes is because before I realized that it was a bad use of my energy to hate watch things, I used to hate watch it. Oof. Yeah, I've, I've since realized that's a, not a good use of my time. I now only watch things that I genuinely love, even if maybe when we do this podcast sometimes it sounds like we hate it. Yes. No. It's, it's, it's out of love, charmed.
0: It's true it's
1: we we just want every episode of charm to be as good as this episode we're chasing this high
0: it's like being playfully mean with your friends where if you're coming at it from an angle like if you're if a stranger came up to you and said something like that then you would be horrified but if a friend was doing it you would know it was with affection Mm
1: -hmm. i uh i just watched ginny and georgia on netflix and the the little teenage friend group, their thing is when they are saying goodbye to each other, one of them says, love you, mean it, and the response is, hate you, kidding.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've i seen not as much of it as you, but some of it, and it has made me really, really not miss being a teenager.
1: <laughs> like, I thought you were going to talk about how the dialogue that was written for the teenagers is is like the dialogue in Teen Titans where it's clearly (laughs) written by adults trying to figure out how teenagers talk.
0: Okay, okay. I know we're already off on so many tangents here, but one of the things I love about classic, like, 60s-era Teen Titans is Bob Haney, a man who was in his 40s desperately trying to sound like the youth. It's so great. It's made those comics endear way more than i think they would have otherwise i, I meant to say endure but you know what endear works too yeah like they're fun because it's it's what an old man in the past not old but an older man in the past thought teenagers sounded like in the past
1: <laughs> so bringing it all the way full circle to the way teenagers speak charmed Phoebe says, as they're getting ready to go to Litvak's crypt, Phoebe says, he lives in a cemetery? How cliche. Which I feel like is definitely a slam at Buffy.
0: Oof, yeah.
1: That is definitely a take that Buffy moment.
0: Maybe not the best dragon to be poking there.
1: It's fine. Okay, so they come up with the plan where... Bane's going to go down there and pretend to double cross them, but really he's not. And anyway, that's their plan. And so he takes the weapon and he goes to the crypt. And two things about this crypt. First of all, the secret way you open it is to turn all of the nines, to turn the three nines upside down so that it's 666. Excellent. Love it. Love it. But also, this is the family crypt of Bowen.
0: Uh, reference flew right over my head.
1: Prue's past life. Really? Yes!
0: Weird! Right? Weird. It's...
1: I mean, is it a coincidence? Maybe. that's not like it's an uncommon name, but that was Prue's name in the past life from, uh, from P. last Bowen. week. Bowen. P. Bowen.
0: They couldn't think of more P names, so it was just P. and P. whatever Piper's past life was. And Yeah. We didn't find out what Phoebe's... Uh...
1: I think we did when we looked at the family tree. Uh. Oh, no, we definitely did. I just don't remember what it was.
0: Mm. So, possible coincidence, or maybe not.
1: I mean, it feels right, right?
0: Maybe that's how the uh, page got in the Book of Shadows. Maybe... He Bowen had some uh ultimate. Dealings
1: hit. with Oh, that makes sense.
0: Hmm. So Bane comes in, he's like, Hey guys, I'm totally on your side. See, I got the zappy thing and uh some witches out and about.
1: Yep, just just like you asked. I I I, I came here with the weapon.
0: And uh Litvak is like Ah, <laughs> you fool. You think I can't read your mind? I know what you're thinking, Bane.
1: So, this is important. The one minion who's left alive pulls his weapon out and aims it he, he like charges it up. It's glowing, but it's not shooting. And he charges it up and he points it at Bane like he basically has him covered. And Bane hands the weapon back to Litvak, the one that he brought. Mhm. And okay, Piper freezes them, and everyone freezes, and they're like, oh, okay, well, there we go, that works. And then when they get right up close to Litvak, he's like, April Fools, I'm not frozen!
0: (laughs) Yes, apparently something upper-level demons can do is ignore silly witch tricks, which...
1: Mm, uh... I mean, that doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem like he should be able to ignore tricks, like, she can freeze lasers and fireballs she should be able to freeze demons no matter how upper level they are
0: i think this is one of those things that scales i bet later piper probably could have frozen him
1: Mm, okay okay i'll take that anyway super cheesy lines he says that bane was on his side all the time he has shown his true evil colors
0: god it's so great The evil colors, by the way, are green and purple.
1: That is true. That's accurate.
0: So Prue's like, Piper, unfreeze uh, Bane. And Litvack's like, I'm just standing here making this fireball bigger and bigger, but feel free to ignore me and have a whole conversation. And Piper's like, okay, thanks. So you want me to unfreeze him? Can we trust him? And Prue's like, does it matter at this point?
1: (laughs) But piper does she unfreezes bane who runs over to the one remaining minion points the weapon at litvac and then fires it because remember he had it primed and uh yeah now litvac and the one remaining minion have taken each other out
0: yep they both blow up
1: you know what it reminds me of what the way hannah and rex got taken out
0: yeah yeah
1: and, uh, by the way, as Litvax dying, he's like, TRAITOR! And this episode is amazing!
0: <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> oh, So, Bane's like, I guess I'm uh, gonna go back to jail then. And Prue's like, yeah, I mean, jail'll still be there tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know what is going on. Like, I don't know what's going on with the direction of this scene. Because, yeah basically they're saying goodbye Bane's gonna turn himself back in this there's their sexy sexy night will have to be just a, a lovely a lovely moment in time and then Prue like straddles him like who directed that who directed her to do that it seems so weird like it wouldn't be weird in in real life but you don't see that kind of like...
0: Well, since you're going back to jail, I guess I better have as much sex with you as possible before that happens.
1: I just, it's, I, it's weird. It's like, I could see that being something you do in real life, but it doesn't seem like the way you would block something on on a TV show.
0: Yeah, because the scene is being played out tenderly. Like it's, I know I made my joke, but it's not supposed to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna immediately start boning now. She's sad, but she's sad straddling him. Saddling him?
1: (laughs) Yes. So, we finish at P3 where Piper and... Phoebe. ...are kind of debriefing about what happened, and Phoebe's like, who do you think the source is? The source that Litvak mentioned. Hmm. Who indeed, (laughs) Phoebe?
0: Uh. Well, right now he's just in some weird angel demon thing who later... Like, he has a really cool design the first time he shows up, but then I guess they lose the costume or whatever because he's some, like, tattoo face demon when we see him later. Yes. And then it turns out that that was just a vessel and the source is just, like, this smoky evil thing that overshadows demons that are powerful. And I guess it's like a phoenix thing. Where yeah, it just kind it's of, exactly like a phoenix thing. Yeah, just, it, it's a powerful amorphous force that attaches itself to people. Yeah. Demons. Yes. De- demon people.
1: So, Prue shows up and Phoebe tells her because she asks that the way they were able to find her was the spell they had cast. And then we have the moment where
0: Phoebe's like, it's kind of a bummer that the spell couldn't tell you, you know, who you were supposed to be with.
1: And Piper looks meaningfully over at Leo, who is bartending at her bar, where he also lives, and is like, I didn't need a spell to tell me where my heart lies
0: credits
1: although apparently she needed a spell to tell her to dump dan and date leo since there's literally nothing stopping her from doing that
0: to be fair i'm pretty sure that's the next episode's just gonna have her dumping dan and starting to date leo thus leading into dan's final subplot the one where he's you know totally losing it while trying to find out who leo is
1: by the way dan does not appear in this episode at all Interesting that the episode is framed around Piper trying to figure out who her true love is, and Dan literally makes no appearance.
0: Wah, wah.
1: <laughs> So that is Give Me a Sign.
0: Way better than I remembered it being. An
1: amazing episode of Charmed. Yeah. Let's do our segments.
0: Alright, so much like the Charmed ones, we have our own power of three, so let's dip into the first power in our pack. Premonitions, who is, was, or will be famous in the future? Who is in this episode of Charmed?
1: So I can't believe I didn't mention this when Bane appeared for the first time, that I, I didn't put together who it was. Mm-hmm. But Bane is Antonio Sabato Jr., who...
0: You'll recognize from stuff.
1: Okay, so he was a Calvin Klein model. In fact, I was briefly thinking that my time freeze should just be him because he's a Calvin Klein model. That's why he had all of those ads.
0: He was the handsome guy in a lot of stuff.
1: And he he was in soap operas, but then yes, he basically got cast to be the handsome guy in many things. Unfortunately, his most recent credit is in the movie One Nation Under God from the makers of God's Not Dead about how like... Uh... Anyway.
0: Mm.
1: Did you have a premonition?
0: Uh, I did actually. Two of Litvac's uh, minions were actually vampires on Buffy.
1: Oh yes, I did see
0: that. Uh, I don't know who one of them was. like I I don't know if it was like the other cop one or the one who lasted for most of the episode, but the cop one who accidentally killed the other cop one uh-huh. looked really familiar and he's the uh, he's the fake anointed one from Never Kill a Boy on the first Date ah he has a very distinctive face i think he showed up a couple of times after that as just a vampire because they like to reuse vampires but he was very very significant in that episode and i think that was the episode where you saw him without the vamp makeup on so i was like Ah, oh, it's the fake anointed one from that episode where buffy's on that date with that you know never pretend- kill a
1: boy on the first date yeah
0: the pretentious guy yes but i'm like that's like kind of an iconic episode it is from the first season
1: huh i'm i I love i love how much buffy and charmed crossover there is Mm -hmm. Uh, much more we will see when we get to the seer
0: oh the charisma carpenter seer not the no offense to charisma carpenter but I, i was gonna say not the good seer because i genuinely think the seer from the coal source stuff is discounting coal probably one of the best characters charmed ever did i mean
1: that's true but i do like that they brought charisma carpenter on
0: yes So I think that will take us to time freeze. Uh, What specifically dated this episode?
1: Okay, all of the expensive equipment Prue was buying to be a photographer, I feel like dated this episode not just because photography has changed so much since then. Mm. Because, you know, high-end photography, you probably would still buy a lot of that stuff. But just the point of American prosperity that we were at that you could believe that she quit her job and was still able to go out and spend thousands of dollars on photography equipment.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Actually picking up the phone when you don't recognize the number was going to be mine. Can you, <laughs> can you imagine just picking up the phone and it could be anyone? Can you imagine sitting at home anticipating a phone call?
1: I mean- I can remember it, and it's wild. It's wild that we used to live like that.
0: Mm. I th- That's all I have for time freeze. Yes, me too. Now it'll take us to our final segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? We don't have our secret fourth uh, Yeah,
1: no astral projection this episode. Uh, no, but for telekinesis, after Litvak is defeated when... Piper asks Prue how she knew that Bane, you know, was still on their side. She's like, I just trusted him. I just trusted that it would work. And it did. And and then they want to know how Bane knew that Prue would figure it out. And he's like, I trusted her. I trusted that she would know my intentions. And oh, I love that.
0: So I know it was hokey and it was, you know they've been leaning in on the 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 love triangle thing has kind of been the weakest part of the last few episodes but honestly piper saying that she did not need the spell to figure out that leo was the one she wanted kind of got me
1: oh yeah i can totally see that oh i love i love the beginning of love before before this show makes me not believe in love anymore (laughs)
0: So I believe that'll about do it for this uh, for this week.
1: That will do it for this week. Our episode next week is Murphy's Luck or oh. the Eighth Day, and the description of that episode is: After Prue prevents a woman from committing suicide, a dark letter puts a curse on her that throws her into a depression that could cost her her life.
0: Dark letters can do that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Dark lighters can do whatever they need to do for the plot. You know that.
0: I'm so excited. Just like white lighters. Yes. I'm so excited because I already know what next week's premonition is gonna be.
1: Ooh, exciting.
0: Yeah. It's one of the in the future, very big guest uh, stars that charmed got before that person was particularly famous.
1: Ooh, I love this tease.
0: And this person also had a pre fame role. On, on Buffy.
1: Buffy. <laughs> awesome. So is that going to do it for this week? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maricruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook page, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be contacted at I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor.